Luke 2, 8-14 And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is this born is this day, is the city of David and the Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Matthew 24, 30-31 And then, then there will be a sign in the Son of Man in heaven. And then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man is coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send all the angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one of the heavens, end of the heavens to the other. Ah, what joy it is to be with brothers and sisters on a morning like this. It's raining. It feels kind of miserable outside. But we know that God's faithfulness, right, is always there. It's always there. Whether it's raining, whether it's stormy, or whether it's beautiful outside, the weather may change, our hearts may change. But God's steadfast love always remains. It often takes us a long time to learn that. And oftentimes, well, say it this way, we'll never come to fully understand that. But each moment when God shows us his faithfulness is a moment that we start to realize more and more that our lives are really and truly dependent upon him, hidden in him, and safely kept in him. Things that may have changed in your lives around this holiday season, you see your families again that perhaps you haven't seen in a while. And you reflect a lot more about family. Your mom, your dad, children. And you look upon the year of what has happened and you look upon the gatherings. And you ask yourself the question, lots of things have changed. I've changed. My family has changed. But in the midst of all this, God remains faithful. So I implore all of you during this holiday season, pray for your family. Love your family. Not with the person you were last year or the year before. Not with your understanding of your relationship with God the year before or two years before. But with what God has taught you today of who you are now in him. Be courageous to share the good news with your family members, with friends. Be courageous enough to say, this is who I am, this is where I stand. And let the presence of God be here during this holiday season. Today we remember the birth of Jesus. His birth came without fanfare. And his birth came as innocent as well. A baby. A child. 
And this speaks a lot about God's love for his people. That in the last days, when Jesus decided to finally, when God decided to finally speak one last time before the end of the world, he did not come in with swords clashing and with trumpets sounding to the, all the earth. But he came in the form of a babe, innocent as a dove, in order to reach the people who will hear his voice. God reaches people through innocence, through love. God reaches people by the gentleness and the softness of his presence in the midst of us. And that's why we celebrate this. That's why the world understands that the birth of a child can unite people. And the birth of this child is, a, is an understanding for us that God wants to unite humanity back to him. And so when you think about the birth of Christ, think about God's love for you and his gentleness in the way that he has always approached you. He does not come with thunder and lightning, with the hammer of Thor, but he comes to you gently. For many of us, we are attracted to babies. There is nothing threatening about a baby. There is nothing harmful about a baby. But the innocence reminds us of a love that is there. That's the first point. Remember God's gentleness for you. That gentleness still remains in him towards you. The second point is, 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 is kind of similar. Remember that God knows your heart inside and out. And that God's love for you is, how, how can I say this? Have you ever heard the expression that, hey, you know what? We want to to go out and we want to start this business. And people will raise their hands and say, can I join the business as well? An expression goes something like this, right? Well, what are you going to contribute? What are you going to sacrifice? What are you going to invest in? That if this business goes down, we all go down. Because if you don't have an investment or if you don't have skin in the game, we don't want you. Because if you don't have skin in the game, then whatever you say to us is meaningless. Sure, you'll have some words of wisdom here, but until you have skin in the game, your words will fall short compared to someone who's invested time, money, and energy. Jesus being born as a human, 
<laughs> he literally, right, has skin in the game. Jesus becoming like one of us, he literally has said to you and me, I'm not coming simply as God who is separated from you. I am not coming as a prophet in the guise of a prophet speaking words to you. I'm going to put my life at stake and be in the same game as you are. This is love. This is sacrifice. This is a God who has put everything he has into the middle of the pot and says, I'm with you. It's why when we celebrate that God himself became human, that when we say, and the scripture says, that there is no temptation that, that we have, that God does not understand, that because of Christ himself, that we know that whatever is going on in our hearts, Jesus understands fully. There's nothing that you're wrestling with right now, brothers and sisters, that Jesus does not understand. There's nothing that you're wrestling with right now that you can't go to Jesus and say, well, Jesus, you just don't understand. Just like my friends, they don't understand. Because Jesus will simply clap back, I guess that's what people say, and, and say, I do understand. And in fact, I understand so much more than you. Just come to me. Share with me. Speak with me. Because the comfort you're seeking of being understood and loved, it's here. I have put my life on the line. But what's beautiful about Jesus is that he has sort of not only put skin in the game, but he did not fail the way we failed, right? He succeeded. He walked with us and he succeeded. Now, on one hand, we can look at it from a very divine perspective and say that God had foreordained that Jesus will succeed. But on the other hand, we look at it simply from the, the, the time-space perspective and you have to look at it at that way. Or else the temptations of Jesus are, are farce. Jesus was tempted. And he was in this same game of life to please the Lord. And where all of us kept on failing, our brother Jesus did not. And not only is he in this business of trying to find God together with us. But he did not abandon us when we failed. And he succeeded. God graciously gives to all of us who believe, right? 
the, the, the justification, the salvation that Jesus himself earned and gained for you and me. This is what it means Christmas Day, brothers and sisters. That Jesus comes innocently, that we may hear him. That Jesus comes in the flesh like you and me, that he may understand us and love us and gain salvation for us. But as we see here in Luke chapter 2, there was a little bit of fanfare, right? There were people who came bearing gifts. The angels were trumpeting the, the glorious birth of, of Jesus. The, this is the presence of God that is there. And it was done in a very quiet way, in a quiet manner. But these people who were invited to see the birth of Jesus knew that something special was going on. For all of us here today, receive Jesus with joy again receive him like that innocent babe who has come to know that this innocent babe will one day bring about salvation to all who believe but there's also what we call sort of a uh, uh, I just forgot the word there's also sort of a little bit discrepancy in the time frame of Jesus in our time frame as well. It's a little bit off kilter. We know that after Jesus lived his life and after he died on Calvary and for our sins, that Jesus ascended to heaven. And he is what Ephesians called the, the first fruits of all salvation. In other words, he's with Jesus in his fleshly body, enjoying the fullness of God. And it's going to be one day that you and I will join Jesus in that fullness of God. Jesus is a little bit ahead of us in the, in the, in the time continuum. We're a little bit behind. We're a little bit behind. And, and Jesus does that for us for, for, for numerous reasons. One is for us to grow here in our love for God and our love for other people. Just as Jesus came to love people indiscriminately, we're called to love people indiscriminately. We're here to make sure that our salvation truly is from the Lord and to grow our affections for him. The reason why this Christmas season is important for us to, to remember to love all without expecting anything in return is because this teaches us the graciousness of God's love for us. Let me explain. We all know that we're supposed to love everyone, our neighbor, our enemies. And it's a difficult thing to do. We want to love people who will give things back to us. But imagine loving someone who you know is not going to return any favors. Or loving someone who you know will throw it back in your face. Perhaps this will be Christmas for some of you. The holidays for some of you. And you want to give up. 
This is an opportunity for you to learn God's love and to see if God's love is manifesting in your heart to give you the courage to love as God has loved. Because as you learn how to love indiscriminately and to give grace to all, even though there will be some who will throw it back at you, that connects you with the grace of heaven, of how God loves you in the midst of your own sins, in the midst of your own rebellion. And so loving other people and loving God, that's why we say they're the same thing. They connect. To say that we understand the love of God but don't love our brothers and love other people, that's why first shot is like, you can't do that. So our time here on earth, as we celebrate Christmas, we go see family and friends and holidays, it's God, that innocent love that you showed me, the birth of a child. Let me go and love other people that same way as well. The second reason why this, the time frame is a little askew is because God is waiting until all the people that he has called the elect, his people, would what will be revealed. That all those who will come to know Jesus will be revealed so that when God, when Jesus does return, all will be fulfilled. That his kingdom will be full of his people that he will call out of darkness. And here comes the difference in the two, two comings, right? The first coming of Jesus was a small party. A little fanfare, just family and a few friends. <laughs> Some angels. But his second coming is different. His second coming will be filled with trumpets. Will be announced to the whole world. He will come in clouds on his chariot. And all the world will see that he really indeed is the Lord of all things. And for us who are living in this sort of in-between time, all the injustices, all the suffering, all the hurt, that will finally come to its conclusion when Jesus returns. And we eagerly await that. God is that mighty warrior. As we said last week, this is a war. And Jesus is God's final soldier to come against this war, against sin, and against the evil one. His birth is the beginning of that triumph. Our lives here today, we fight the battles over and over and over again. But we know that Jesus will come again. And when he comes, every wrong will be made right. Every injustice will be accounted for. Every suffering will be relieved. Every sin will be forgiven. 
And that's what we look forward to and pray for, for the glory of our God to appear. Merry Christmas. Fight, fight the battle against sentimentality. Merry Christmas. Enjoy remembering the birth of our Savior who came to free us. Merry Christmas. We can say those words to family and friends. Say a prayer for them. And if God so gives you courage, share with them that sentimentality is not why I say that. I really believe Christ is here. Merry Christmas. As you remember the day that Jesus first came and you start to see just all the brokenness around you and yourself as well. Long for Jesus' second coming as well. Our God is victorious. And our God has done great things already. So let us rejoice. Let us rejoice that Jesus is Lord. Let us rejoice that he will return. Let us rejoice, rejoice, brothers and sisters, that we belong to him. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, there is no one like you. We rejoice in you and you alone, no one else. Lord, we pray during this Christmas season, Lord God, not to let our hearts and our emotions get caught up in sentimentality, but let us be caught up in you and remembering, Lord God, that Christmas is not a time of escape, but Christmas is a time of getting back to reality. That reality is that you came down from heaven to save your people. What sobering joy, sobering news that is for all of us. And so, Lord God, let us continue to live that sober life here on earth, loving other people, knowing that we are loved by you and understood by you. And allow us as people to long for the coming of heaven where all things will be made new once again. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.